Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dare to Connect. Steve Moore and Mark Castleman here. It's great to be with you guys today. Happy New Year. It's uh, 2023. Good to be with you guys. This is actually our three-year anniversary of the PBSC podcast today. Uh, we were going to play some cool music for you, but our soundboards are acting up today, so we're not going to be able to do that. But just really wanted to express our gratitude to you as we jump into the podcast for uh, your patronage and your listenership. Um, we're I think right about 400,000 downloads or so are coming up on that uh, with the podcast and uh, have listeners, I think, in 165 countries now. So uh, just grateful for all of you and for the kind words that we get from you and from from your submissions uh, and the questions that uh, you ask and, and that we're happy to answer. And uh, today, today's podcast is about one such submission. Um, we actually heard from a, a listener to uh, this last a couple weeks ago before the holiday break. Uh, from a spouse, and she recounts the following situation and then kind of has an addendum at the end that we'll share as well. And uh, we would love to uh, share that with you today, and then we're going to go ahead and jump in and address it. It's a great, a great topic uh, for today as we jump into a new year of recovery. Uh, so this is how she uh, starts off. She is a, identifies as a betrayed partner. She's been married for 30-plus years. Um, and she says that her, her big concern is that... Uh, they have put in a long uh, stint into recovery, she and her husband. Um, she she begins by saying, you know, nowadays I cannot seem to establish a cohesive bond, and I do not feel the chemistry or connection to him, meaning her husband, as I once did. Sex went away seven years ago when he had relapsed, and we went through many separations, disclosures, and therapy. Now we live parallel lives. So they've done a, a good amount of recovery, um, and uh, but... but uh, the romantic component of the relationship, specifically the sexual component among the emotional, it sounds like, uh, uh, more or less uh, disappeared about seven years ago. Now we live, quote-unquote, parallel lives under the same roof, trying our best not to violate reasonable boundaries. We have common interests, no resentments, but no chemistry or spark either. 
I accept him for who he is, and I appreciate him as a friend and father of our grown children, and we both have separate careers. I want to move on, which I have brought up on many occasions. However, he is very opposed to the idea, which I believe is tied to his very strict religious upbringing. I am seeking your perspective on partners who, like me, have worked through the tougher parts and are ready to say, quote, it is finished, unquote. My partner creates such a guilt trip for even entertaining the idea of a permanent separation. I sense I may be on my own in this endeavor, which again is a traumatic place to be. He runs two groups for men in sex addiction, and I work with addicts and partners ironically. Thanks in advance for all you guys are doing and for such an incredible podcast. And then she, we, we had reached out to her uh, to clarify because when she said move on, it sounded like that possibly was referring to moving on as in divorce. And it seems to kind of read that way initially. But uh, when we did reach out to her, she wrote back and said this, we are not at the divorce juncture or maybe me more than him. But the point of my question was to address the quote ambivalence unquote that a partner feels and to get some validation, wishing you both a very warm and wonderful holiday, she says. Mm. And so that's kind of where we are. We are at today. Um, And it's a great question because it's not definitely not the first time this has come up in either of Mark's or I offices and, and, a, and a good one to, to jump into, I think. Yeah. And I think the thing that jumped out at me <clears throat> that uh, there tends to be a lot of mm, interpretation, you know, personal, personal approach. Um, the culture certainly has a great deal of pressure and influence on us in, in this re- regard. When she talks about the fact that they did, there's just no chemistry or spark. And when I hear those words, and I've had, I've worked with clients where they've expressed that, right? The chemistry and spark is gone. The first question I have whenever somebody says that is, tell me more about this chemistry or spark. What does that mean to you exactly? Yeah. Right? Because that's a, that's a really important thing to focus in on. I mean, are we talking the, the original chemistry or spark that we felt for each other when we were first dating and courting? right? Way back in the day. Um, does it mean that, you know, we're, we can't, we can hardly resist ripping each other's clothes off as we pass in the house. I mean, what does it mean that there's no chemistry or spark? Mm-hmm. Because other people would not necessarily equate that to the sexual or the physical at all. They would say chemistry or spark, for example, could be an emotional chemistry mm-hmm. or a spark that says, you know, we're really, we're really awesome friends and love to be with each other. It's just exciting to, you know, to be out doing things together. Yeah. So what does this chemistry or spark mean? Yeah, it's a, and it's a great, important question to ask, first of all. I mean, I, you know, with many of the clients that, that Mark and I work with, I, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm sure many of you can relate, they're more than we oftentimes acknowledge, we, we tend to operate in relationships under a lot of shoulds, right? And, and, and shoulds aren't all inherently bad. When I say shoulds, I mean, you know, kind of expectations of relationships and what they should look like and what they should not. I mean, there is, you know, kind of a general consensus about some of the basic components of relationships and how they should operate and things. But that, that being said, sometimes we, we tend to get so involved in the shoulds, especially around the ideas of, you know, staying in a relationship versus not, that it can be really easy to not ask, take the time to ask the important questions, you know, that sometimes may open the door to other options. And we're not in any way saying that anybody here uh, should separate or divorce. We're simply saying that it's important for couples in order to really choose one another. We were talking about this earlier on the Dare to Connect program last week. Um, 
in order to really choose one another, that also means being able to truly consider all of the other options, right? If I'm going to truly choose to be with my partner, that also means that I have to be able to explore and have explored and contemplated the idea of not choosing my partner and doing something completely different. Now, that to some of you, that may sound odd, but to others, I know that may sound like something that's important because so often I think we do get in relationships we and because of our background, whether religious or otherwise, it's just like, well, we're married, and of course we're going to stay married. That's just what you do, right? We've been married for 30 years, and so we're going to stay married for another 30 years. And obviously, Mark and I are huge proponents of relationships staying together wherever possible. But at the same time, we're also not not proponents or fans of people doing that if that's not authentic for them, or if that's going to come at the cost of you know them being able to be them. And so uh, that that kind of first question of, you know, do we want to be together still? And having those conversations and being willing to open that kind of discussion and that dialogue is important when addressing what Mark is talking about, right? You know, can we sit down and really get real with ourselves first, but then also with each other about, like, what do I even mean when I say chemistry? What do I mean when I say spark, right? Because for one couple, I can think of two couples right now that I've been working with for some time, where if you said chemistry or spark with the one couple, that is going to mean, uh, you know, we want to cuddle more and have like sweet experiences together and, you know, quiet moments, but probably still on a more reserved level, especially in the romantic department. Whereas for another couple, that's going to involve, you know, new sex toys and a whole new way of doing things and, you know, dramatically increasing our physical intimacy and all sorts of stuff. And there's not a right or a wrong to that. It's simply about being realistic with yourself so that you can then share that with your other, with, with your person, right? You know, what am I, when I say I want to make a shift in this relationship, when I'm wanting more of this, have I really taken the time to figure out what that looks like, right? For me, like, what would that mean? And what would that mean to them? And can we open up a dialogue? Yeah. How many couples have actually sat down after taking individual time, really deep pondering, journaling, individual time to really write down in detail, here are the needs that I have, the needs that I have from you as an individual, as my spouse or partner, and the needs that I have from the relationship together. Mm. How many have taken the time to write that all out individually and then come together as a couple to share it? Yeah. The place where I find that ambivalence and indifference, right? Living as married, single, ships that pass in the night, you know, all the different phrases you hear. Whenever I see that that's happened in a relationship, I will guarantee to you that it's because the, the, the lines of healthy communication and connection have broken down. Now, in some cases, in some cases, those healthy communication and connection may have never, may never have existed. Sadly enough, right? The excitement of the, you know, dating and courting and, and, you know, the, the early years of marriage, that novelty and excitement and newness kind of carries you through. But after that wanes, which it always does, and sort of that novelty and newness fades into the background, what do you have? Well, if you don't continue your, your open dialogue and connection and really sharing with each other, you know, the, the feelings and thoughts of your heart you can easily begin to drift apart yeah. because you don't, you don't feel like you're being heard. You don't feel understood. Your needs aren't being met. And yet where has been the clear communication about those things? Mm -hmm. 
And lots of things can divide that, right, or, or get in the way of that. I mean, we are we're not talking. I mean, we're obviously talking about a situation here where you kind of have a mix of two things. It sounds like we have this kind of recovery process that's happened along with you know being preceded by betrayal and a lot of hard things, and then a lot of work. But then also now all their kids are grown, right, and out of the house. And and I work with non-addict couples who are facing a very similar challenge that has nothing to do with, with excuse me, with betrayal, but rather with just that shift from having kids to not. Mm-hmm. And I've got one couple actually I'm working with right now. This is one of the challenges that they're facing is, you know, they, they for the longest time, were in that kid-raising stage, right? He was working all the time. She was with the kids. They had, they had a lot of kids. Well, they've all now gotten married and, and have gone and done different things. They're off at college. And these two people, it's not that they don't love each other, but for a long time, their marriage has sort of revolved around this idea that they spent a fairly small amount of time with one another individually, right? Mm-hmm. They've been parenting. They've been nesting for the better part of several decades. And now here they are going back to a pre-kid state, right, where all of their free time is with one another or potentially could be with one another. They haven't had time to explore the hobbies and the other pursuits that they've had. And so they're finding themselves navigating and jumping into this new stage and they are having a really hard time even talking about it or addressing it very similar to what this, uh, what this partner is describing. So, uh, you know, as, as we, as we move to these different stages of a relationship, whether it's coming out of a repair place into a, Hey, I want to dial up my emotional connection and intimacy, or I want to make more happen in the romance department, or it's, you know, moving from again, that kind of nesting parenting stage to a, holy cow, now kind of where do we want our lives to go post-child raising or whatever the case may be, uh, this stuff the hopefully other, will be helpful that and way. And the other natural transition place that that relates to a lot of our listeners is, you know, we we get in a relationship, and in too many cases, the the addict in the, in the partnership hides the addiction to a large degree. And so you have the, the kind of the pre-coming out, you know, disclosure day part of the relationship. Now disclosure happens and all of these behaviors come out on the table and it changes the entire dynamic of the relationship. And so now we're talking, what about the relationship post disclosure? What about the relationship well into recovery? What does that look like for us? Mm -hmm. This isn't like the relationship we had when we were dating and courting and first married. It's not like the one where we just sort of, you know, managed to to keep things going and survive and didn't really know all the addiction and betrayal stuff that was behind the scenes because it was secret. So we had that stage, mm-hmm. but now it's all come out and on the table. And now we're in this post discovery stage. We're in recovery. And so you've got to sit down and, and start to ask yourselves, what does this look like for me? Yeah. What needs no, do I have? And, 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 and what, what am I, what am I willing to invest at this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And I know this is a controversial topic. People don't want to really sit down and talk about this, but after all of the betrayal and all of the things have come out and all of this is on the table and now here we sit, where am I? Yeah. How much time do I really want to spend with you? Yeah, and that's you definitely with not a me. popular topic. <laughs> no. How much energy and resources and time do I want to invest in us? Yep. What are you expecting from me in terms of time and energy and resources? What is intimacy going to look like, right? Not just physically, but but otherwise, you know. Yeah, we, what is connection wanna... for us? 
yeah. Do we want to be spending all of our free time together, you know, traveling the country, you know, constantly with each other? Do we want to be having a date night and not much else? I mean, what what are we looking for? And and it has a lot less to do with, you know, what is the right answer and much more to do with just what's the transparent, honest one. Um, and change in this area is 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 really difficult to navigate. You know, it, it's especially when you've been in a certain dynamic for a long time. Uh, right now in Dare to Connect, actually, you know, we uh, we tackle kind of a main topic once a month um, in Dare to Connect these days. And then we have lots of subtopics as we go throughout the month. Uh, Dare to Connect, for those of you who don't know, you know, is our program for addicts and spouses and couples. Uh, we meet for three one-hour sessions for each of those demographics during the week and then have 90-minute support groups for both addicts and spouses on the weekend. Uh, we would love to have you guys come and join us in that. Uh, we're offering a two-week free trial with that. If you haven't uh, come and seen what that's all about, please do come on over and join us. If you like what you see on the podcast, you will love what you see in Dare to Connect. Um, you can find more out, out about that at daretoconnectnow.com. We'd love to have you come join us and check that out. Um, but this month, you know, we're talking about the stages of change, uh, the five or seven stages of change, depending on the model that you ascribe to. And asking yourself, you know, realistically, what level what state of change are we really in, in what area, right? Because this ambivalence piece that, that, that this listener mentioned, right, we're in this place of ambivalence, is, you know, Mark's indicated, you know, that part of that is because of a communication breakdown. Part of it, I think, is also a realistic assessment of what is my level of willingness, right? What am I willing to realistically invest in this to make this change? Because I think everybody wants to make their marriage better, <laughs> I think everybody would probably agree with that statement, but if we get beyond just making a nice, bold statement like that, what, when it comes down to the nitty-gritty nuts and bolts, what does that actually look like? Yeah. Right? You said something really, really good, I think, Mark, before we started today. You know, sometimes we will hear from couples who will say things like, well, I want to get back to that place when we first got married, right? I want to get back to that kind of honeymoon stage or that you know, where we were kind of hanging on every word that the other person said and everything was new and nuanced. And you made a comment that stuck out to me. You said, you said, how, do we ever think about how much time we used to invest at that stage? And I was thinking about that when you said that. I mean, it is such a true statement. I mean, I, geez, I just, when I first got, got involved with my wife, when we were, when we were first dating, we met in high school, but even when we later were seriously courting after not dating for some time and then kind of coming back, it was, I mean, it was like our whole world revolved around the other person. Yep. You know? Yep. And some of that was really healthy and cute. <clears throat> other parts of that was probably very naive <clears throat> and codependent. Right. But to have that love, but whether it was healthy or not, having that level of newness and novelty and desire for the other person, a big part of the, why that was there was the newness and the novelty. But the other part was, I mean, how much time was I spending texting her and sending her little messages? I mean, I killed more flowers for Brittany during our dating stage than <laughs> I can count. You know, I mean, just little gifts and little things. I'd make, I'd do really creative dates and those kinds of things, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, it was part of that, that newness and the novelty? Sure. But the other part was we basically, my wife and I kind of sort of lived in our own little bubble there for a while where we were essentially ignoring almost all of life's other priorities. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. I mean, of course it, you know, it, it can be a little excessive, but that's understandable with the whole courting and dating thing. But sure. what the I find is still there. 
Yeah, the principle's there because when I work with couples, they'll say, yeah, we just don't have much going on anymore. We're like ships that pass in the night. We don't know what happened to the chemistry. And I start to ask them questions like, okay, so tell me about how much time do you spend together in, 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 in any given week? right? What common interests or pursuits do you have, right? I just kind of go down down this list. And what you find out is not much. Yeah. And so you're thinking, okay, you're, you're hoping for this outcome, this result, and yet you're not putting in the action that will bring that about. Yes. Like you did when you were first together, right? So it, we Absolutely. easily, and I'm going to say this about myself, so please, please don't anyone, well, people will be offended, some will, but I'm going to risk it anyway. To tell you the truth, there was a good stretch in my relationship where I, quite frankly, became lazy. Mm. I became lazy. I wasn't pursuing my wife anymore. Yeah. I wasn't really mindful of our relationship, um, especially when we weren't together. I mean, remember back when you were first dating and courting your, your, your soon-to-be wife? How much did you think about her when you weren't with her? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. All the time. Right. And so we look at these things, why are we expecting these results when we're not really putting in the basic actions to bring about that chemistry or spark? Right. It's not like when we were first together, we could rely on hormones and natural attraction and newness. You got to work at it. We have to work at it today. Love is a choice. It's very much a choice. Being in a relationship is a choice. Um, We talked about this a while ago on Dare to Connect. This is kind of one of my soapbox topic so i can kind of go off on it i won't today because we got to wrap up but so the, i i i got to tell you in american culture i hate the term falling in love it's like a real victimhood mentality me too to it, right as <clears throat> though it's like something that jumps on an alley and like takes advantage of you it's <laughs> nobody's falling in love i mean we we fall for another person quote unquote because of hormones or again the newness and the novelty but we choose who we love we choose who we invest in. We choose relationships just as much, if not exponentially more so than they choose us. And and too often, I think that that vernacular and other pieces like it kind of does leak in and leads to what Mark said. Because, I mean, I've, I, I don't think what you said was offensive. I thought it was very honest. I, I think probably every person on planet Earth who's been in a long-term relationship has been guilty of that at times. Um, and, and relationships go through different seasons, right? And that's not good or bad. It just is naturally. We're not going to be able to invest in some ways, at least as much when we have five kids under the age of 10, right. As we <laughs> right. do when we're single and 20, I mean, it just, yeah, exactly. That doesn't happen. But at, at the same time, it does bring up that question, like you said, of realistically, what are we willing to do? What are we able to do? What do we look like? What do we want that to look like? And and then you have to be open and honest enough with your partner to discuss that as well as the fears, right? What are the obstacles? What are the fears? What are the hesitations? What, what has kept us from doing that up to this point besides just lack of time or resources? And can we address and get honest about those? So that's the the next. Well, because in a lot of times ambivalence or indifference come about because of fear. Oh yeah. Or overwhelm, or I don't, I don't want to have that hard conversation. I don't want to confront this part of our relationship. I can't say that. Uh, I can't express that. And so what do we do? We, we basically just sort of retreat into our own isolated space. Yep. And we don't interact because it's too hard. It's too scary. It's too awkward. It's, uh, I don't really, you know, 
things aren't that bad. So if we don't talk about it, maybe they'll just sort of stay kind of stable. Yeah. And people are going to probably hate this term that I'm going to use, but, but it kind of like you at the risk of offending. I mean, it, in many cases, I think we just kind of settle. Oh yeah. We get, we get comfortable, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. We don't choose that, that we don't choose for something, for something bigger. So I, I mean, and, and now there are a couple pieces as we wrap up that uh, we talked about that we definitely want to share with you uh, before we stop, you know, right now it is important to be living in the now and recognizing that you got to make sure that the goals that you have when you're talking about these kinds of things are realistic. Yes. And and, and this isn't just when it comes to, you know, a new st- coming out of a new stage of life and wanting to bring juice back into your marriage. Uh, this applies after betrayal, applies after all sorts of things with, with recovery, right? There is no way, there is no such thing as going back, right? Um, obviously, can we cultivate newness and novelty in a relationship? Yeah, of course, to a degree. But if if our goal is to somehow try to make a marriage exactly the same way it was when we were discovering everything out for the first time and absent all of the past experiences and things that we've had, not only is that an unrealistic goal that will leave us with disappointment, I would say, I think in most cases, having done, you know, working with clients for as long as I have, I, I don't know that most couples, if they really think about it, would really want to go back to that. No. Right. It's, it's, it's about how do we cultivate a lot of those awesome characteristics while recognizing that we still are where we are. So how do we create that in the space that we are in now? Yeah. Um, yep. And daring to sit down and talk about where are we today? Yep. Right. What are, what are your needs? What does chemistry and spark mean to you? If, if we were to go about restoring those things, how would we do that? Mm-hmm. Right. This open, this open, honest, transparent dialogue that we're so afraid to have. And yet, if we don't, we just stay in limbo. Yep. The same old, same old just keeps happening, you know, month after month and year after year. And once we've kind of gauged that, right, the last thing then, of course, is we need to set some realistic and, and consistent, verifiable goals, right? Start simple, start with something specific and, and begin and then build from there. Right. And the conversation that we're talking about here, by the way, everybody, if, if we haven't made this clear, this needs to be an ongoing one. Right. If you're going to want to, this can't be like a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we talked about parents having, quote unquote, the sex talk, right? This one time oh, yeah. awkward event. This also cannot be an, an awkward one time event. No, we would highly encourage all of you. You should be visiting these things at least on a weekly basis. Yeah, this should be something that we we collaborate with and we say, look, this coupleship is, a sh- it's just that, it's a ship. How do we want to steer it, right? Where do we want it to go? We're both at the helm here. We got to be checking in and setting goals and reviewing our progress. And if something's not working, we we make new ones, right? And we we have to develop a consistency to it. Yeah, and if you want to start to restore chemistry and spark, how about choosing one really narrow part of your lives with each other and go enjoy that and experience the chemistry or spark returning for that. Absolutely. So for example, maybe we have a common passion uh, for art or music or the outdoors or nature or whatever. And we choose that because we know it's a common interest and we know we've, we've enjoyed it before. And then, and then we, we plan and we go do it together. We immerse mm-hmm. ourselves in the now as we're experiencing it. And guess what? The chemistry and spark comes back because yep. of that experience. And if you can have enough of those experiences, 
you then chain them or link them together and they now start to, to come into the whole of the relationship. Mm-hmm. It's gradually restoring that chemistry and spark with specific activities and interactions and connections. Yep, absolutely. Well, guys, as we wrap up today, uh, we, we hope that you enjoyed the holidays and that it was restful and recharging for you. And as we jump into a new year here and we're talking about new stages and change and all the exciting things that come with a new year, please uh, be continue to take care of yourselves. If you did set goals, make sure that they're realistic and that they're consistent. Uh, change always happens a day at a time, uh, whether it's a brand new year or the end of the year. <laughs> so yep. uh, please keep that consistency in that approach. And, and uh, again, we're so grateful for all of you as we celebrate three years of PBSE here and, and uh, just grateful for each of you and hope that you have a continued rest, uh, restful and recharging remainder of the holiday season. And as we jump into a new year, may we all move deeper into this recovery process and, and healing process together. Um, if you do have questions that you would like add, asked on the podcast, you can send those to us at the contact form located at the bottom of, of our website, pbscpodcast.com. And again, we would love, to, if, you, if you like what you hear and dare to con- hear, then you will love what you hear and dare to connect. Uh, please come and join us where we can take this to an interactive level with you, where you can hear on occasion from our spouses, where we can answer and, and, and interact and engage with you in chat, and where we can even have you on the show and, and address questions one-on-one with you, uh, with everyone else there. A lot of cool features in that program. Hope that you'll come check it out and join us, and you can find out info with that, or regarding that, rather, at uh, daretoconnectnow.com. All right, everybody. Have a great, uh, great rest of your day and week. And uh, we'll see you next time on PBSE. All right. Take care. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.